This reading is from Rays of the One Light, which are weekly commentaries on the Bible and the Bhagavad Gita written by Swami Kriyananda. This week's reading is called The Eternal Now. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. When will I find God? Many devotees have asked this question. Because worldly goals require time, usually for their fulfillment, we imagine time to be a factor on the spiritual path. And so it is, but only because we think it is. God is as much with us now as he will ever be. It is not he who needs to come to us. We need to come to him. And that process of coming is a matter of transforming our self-perception. Read that again. And that process of coming is a matter of transforming our self-perception. In the Gospel of St. John, chapter 4, Jesus Christ says, Say ye not, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest? Behold, I say unto you, Lift up your eyes, and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. There is a practical teaching in these words. Apart from their statement that we have God already and have only to realize that truth, Jesus is saying, lift up your eyes and look. To hold the eyes uplifted is the best position for meditation. For the seat of superconsciousness lies at a point midway between the eyebrows in the frontal lobe of the brain, just behind that point. This point is known also as the Christ center. By lifting up your eyes and concentrating there, you will find it easier to enter the state of ecstasy. That is why saints in every religion have often been observed during states of deep inner communion with their eyes uplifted, focused, on the inner light, white, as Jesus said, already to harvest. The Bhagavad Gita goes further into this meditative te teaching. In the sixth chapter, it states, holding the spine firm, the neck and head erect and motionless, let the yogi focus his eyes at the starting point of the nose the point between the eyebrows. Let not his gaze roam elsewhere. In meditation, tell yourself, I have him already. I am alive forever in the divine light. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind.
Good morning also. Uh, I would also like to welcome uh, us happy few who made it on this warm uh, Sunday morning. Uh, but everybody else online is, uh, and you very well could be uh, living in worse, uh, hotter conditions than we are. That's relatively benign here. I'd like to read from Whispers for Eternity, Books of Mystical Poetry by Paramahansa Yogananda. Make me silent that I may eloquently converse with thee. Wandering through forests of incessant searching, I arrived at the mystery door, which conceals thy presence. I knock loudly on this door of silence with persistent blows of faith. At last the door opened, and I beheld thee resting on thy altar of glorious visions. I stood with restless gaze, waiting for thee to speak. Thy creation-making voice was inaudible. At last a deep stillness stole upon me and taught me in whispers the language of angels. With the lisping voice of my new-born freedom, I tried to speak. Suddenly the lights in thy temple wrote brilliantly in letters of light. In my little chamber of quietness, I am ever at rest. I never speak now, but with the voice of silence. Through my silence, O divine lover, converse thou eloquently with me. I'd like to speak uh, today on uh, the eternal now in uh, more daily activity, uh, and, uh, but also uh, in inwardly as well. In the early 1800s, uh, on the island of Kodiak off uh, Alaska, uh, there was a, a great saint actually who's known as among the Russian Orthodox as the patron saint of North America. And his name was uh, St. Herman of Alaska. And uh, a visiting Russian ship in the early 1800s uh, stopped by where he had his little cell on this uh, island, pretty isolated. And uh, the officers on the ship asked uh, uh, St. Herman um, to have lunch with them. And during the lunch, uh, the nine officers uh, on board, uh, they spoke about their hopes for the future, uh, what they wanted to, uh, what their dreams were, what they wanted to accomplish. Uh, many of them wanted to be captains of their own ship. Others wanted to return home safely uh, to their families. And uh, it was all very good things. And then they asked uh, uh, St. Herman, well, what is your highest wish for yourself? Uh, and uh, St. Herman had a, a little quiet smile, and he said, uh, for this day, for this hour, for this moment, let us love God above all. And, you know, it's our internal movement, our likes and dislikes, our desires, uh, our material consciousness, it creates movement. And that movement creates time and space. And uh, it creates the cosmic drama. And it creates the illusion, as uh, Swami referred to in the reading, that we have distance from God, 
that God is uh, farther afield, uh, uh, and uh, we have to work hard to uh, attain God. And of course, Master talked about the use of willpower. Uh, there's a story of a, a, a new woman disciple that was with him in Mount Washington. And unfortunately, uh, her window was open when the delivery truck backed up against her uh, room and the exhaust came into the room and she got deathly sick, uh, really sick for days. And, um, and Master in a satsang uh, said about this woman, you know, she has no willpower. <laughs> and this woman got really mad, and she said, I'm going to show you, Yogananda, that I have willpower. And she got herself better with her willpower. Uh, and he later told her that he wanted to awaken that because she was at a pivotal point in her life uh, where um, she had to exert her will and her energy. But uh, as Swami said, uh, we can, uh, when people are putting out a lot of energy, uh, we can be easily impatient uh, because uh, often ego uh, is represented in that kind of outpouring of energy. And so it's, it's uh, you know, God is, is beyond vibratory movement uh, at the very inner star of the spiritual eye that I am sure you've sensed. Uh, uh, there's just a tremendous stillness. And, uh, and in that stillness, it, it's, uh, God is unaffected by his uh, creation. And as children of the Father, uh, he wants all of us to be in that stillness so that we aren't affected anymore uh, by creation and to have that inner strength, that inner consciousness and that's the whole purpose of this drama. Uh, we enter in, into it, and things seem very lively. As uh, in the Nyaswami vows, it says, for God gives us all these things for our dream entertainment and uh, education. Uh, and uh, without that, uh, we wouldn't be fully on board. Uh, in fact, I've thought a lot about uh, why did God create us separate from himself uh, through the cosmic illusion, you know, from our perspective? Uh, that's to give us self-awareness, isn't it? And having that self-awareness and that I and thou relationship, we're able to feel God's bliss. If we're all part of God and just God, which we are, but there has to be that sense of separation so that we really know what we have. Uh, and that bliss. So we go through that drama, but more and more, it's an instilling uh, that vibratory movement in ourself. I thought a lot about uh, the different techniques and how they all, of course, do that. We know they withdraw the energy. Uh, but Swami, uh, in, uh, in material success, uh, in yoga principles, he was talking about we have to uh, do the activity but keep in mind eternity. And what, we, what do we do when we observe the breath? Uh, we have to start where we are. Uh, Master said that uh, 
uh, where we're beyond time and space in our soul. Uh, but when we're caught in the cosmic uh, uh, movie uh, delusion, it's very, very real. If you hit your head against a brick wall, your dream head's going to hurt awful lot. Uh, it reminds me of this New Thought minister who kept talking about uh, to this woman. It's just in your mind. It's, uh, you know, uh, just get it out of your mind and you'll be okay. And this woman became very, very frustrated because her problems seemed very, very real to her. And so this woman took off her shoe, and when the minister wasn't looking, she hit him right on top of the head. And he goes, oh, why did you do that? Uh, and she said, what's the problem? It's just in your mind. Uh, <laughs> so um, the yogi needs to be, of course, practical and needs to handle things as they, as they come. And uh, but it's keeping a sense of eternity, seeing uh, that it's just little things along the way that are held in eternity, uh, and then we have a better uh, perspective on them. Uh, I was once on the island of Hokkaido. Uh, it was winter time, and I was teaching a group, a uh, family group, and it's cold there. The sea, uh, Orktusk, if I'm pronouncing that right, freezes over, and uh, it's way up there in the, uh, near the Far East, uh, Siberia. Uh, and uh, after a while, people started to get cold. And there was uh, one little boy, about nine years old, who was writing his poem. And uh, it took, he was so absorbed in his poem that he lost all sense of time. And uh, we had been out for maybe two and a half hours already, so people went back to the warming tent. And the little boy kept writing his poem, and these big flakes of snow, it was a blizzard, was coming down. And uh, it just filled up, and it started to cover his legs and covered his waist. And, it, and I said, are you finished with the poem? Because I knew all the other groups were waiting for us. And he said, oh, no, not yet. And he just went back to his poem. Uh, and it's that uh, sense of, of absorption. Um, you know, who knows if his uh, poem was a lightning poem or not. But, but that quality of absorption. Uh, brings us into the timeless moment. And, and so it, it's just so, so important. Master said that people, uh, most people live in the past or the future. Uh, but when you live in the present moment, you have God. Because you have nothing that's taking you outside of yourself. And, uh, but it's the ego that's always looking for something in the future that's better or in the past that something maybe in our lives could have been better. Uh, just recently I've been sort of dwelling on different events in my life and thinking, gee, I wish I would have done better with that. Uh, things would have been a lot nicer. They, most of it had to do with, with um, sharing nature, not with Anandi and I. <laughs> but. Uh, you know, I was just thinking about, gosh, that would have been nice in this someplace. Uh, and then I was reading in Material Success where Swami said, you know, we should just look at everything as a flow of unfolding awareness. And of course, we're taught that God has been acting through us all the time, and that awareness is flowering. And it's a good way to just think so that you don't 
think about the past or regrets, but to, to just move forward. That was what's so, what was so beautiful about Swami Kriyananda's life. Uh, he just, just, just moved forward uh, more and more into God, and that was his only focus. And um, but but you see where people that uh, you know people can hold things for a long time, and it just holds them back. So I want to uh, tell you about some of the principles that Swami uh, spoke about uh, in uh, Material Success Yoga to a way to enter into the eternal present, and, and he talked about uh, that we should focus on the flow and not on the points along the way, uh, uh, points and problems. Uh, and in that way, we stay in touch with the potential of God, the, the presence of God all the way through. When we focus on the problems, uh, we get on the conscious level. And, uh, and these problems can be overwhelming. Uh, I remember reading an environmental book uh, years ago, uh, when I was writing, I was looking for uh, a, some particular information, and the author said uh, uh, that no matter how bad things are, they're always worse. And, <laughs> and you know, during the 50s, that was probably a true statement because people were unconscious, and, you know, we, we have to wake up, and we're seeing the consequences of it now with global warming. But, uh, but, I, I, in, in the uh, most recent book that I just finished, uh, I was, um, uh, it's, it's a uh, flow learning is the title, but it's a book of change of consciousness, change in people, uh, not only with uh, nature education. And uh, I was looking at the, the phases of matter and how you could have a water molecule. And uh, when it's a solid molecule, it has different properties than when it's a liquid molecule. And, uh, and it, in a gaseous molecule, it's different. If, it, for example, you took a, a nice molecule called Ike uh, in the Greenland ice cap, and he's surrounded by uh, 2,500 feet of ice to the left of him and to the right of him and above and below. And his whole experience of life is being a solid ice crystal uh, he's going to have a pretty narrow view of life. Uh, and then, uh, let's say he, um, uh, he, he comes along and he comes into water and then uh, as a gas and he starts traveling the world and visiting different continents and mixing with other gases because the spaces between molecules is so open and they're all transparent and they have what's more in common with other gases than they do uh, 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 when they were a solid where everything is very distinct form, uh, when Chinese say, said, when you get rid of your form, you can take on the shape of uh, 10,000 forms. Uh, well, uh, this Ike, or uh, getting back to Ike, he's a solid molecule and he thinks it's, it's just terrifying to think that you could be doing all these th unruly things that gaseous molecules do. And you have the same substance uh, as a water molecule showing different properties, uh, don't you? Uh, solid properties, liquid properties, and gaseous quali uh, qualities. Well, it's the same way with human consciousness, isn't it? Uh, where you have the same person, you uh, internalize and give them more prana, and their consciousness changes. 
and their whole behavior changes and people start to, to wake up and they're completely different. So um, Swami uh, talks about uh, by referring back to where I, uh, of, of, by focusing on the flow where uh, uh, we aren't problem consciousness, we're, we're in God consciousness. He said, always keep a sense of, uh, 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 keep a perspective on motion, motionlessness. So that could mean looking at the sea. Uh, but I think with Swami, uh, he also said that uh, seek inspiration uh, in uh, eternity. And, uh, and because that's where all inspiration comes from. And if you think about that a little further, uh, you know, it's the Om vibration that comes out of the stillness. Om is the source of everything. Uh, and it's Divine Mother project, uh, projecting her creativity, her blessings, uh, and sustaining the world. And all, all good things, Yogananda said, come from that stillness. And that truly was uh, Swami's life. Uh, he, he had that stillness. Uh, one evening, um, uh, his nurse Miriam was taking care of Swami and he had pneumonia. And he was coughing all night long and they were with him. Um, she was another person and trying to help him. And he was coughing and coughing. And then finally, Swami uh, said, um, uh, asked if they could uh, leave the room uh, for a little bit. He wanted to meditate. And so she went not far away and she uh, meditated and she, she just didn't hear anything, any coughing, uh, any coughing. And she became a little concerned. Uh, and, uh, and so she walked back towards uh, the room where Swami was and she just hit this wall of stillness and uh, you know and, she, and Swami was breathless and uh, she could just tangibly feel that and of course breathlessness comes from the center of the spiritual eye as, as we were learning in the reading today and that's where Swami's consciousness was anchored and then she went back to her room and then finally she heard coughing uh, uh, from Swami and she went in and, and helped him uh, but, it, but he had that. Master, I want to read. I wrote it down because I wanted to get it exactly right. Oh, uh, I didn't bring it. Or, or I did. Um, in the autobiography of Yogi, he said, Cosmic thoughts of genius come to the man who habitually contacts his causal body. And the causal body is represented by the blue field around the inner star, the spiritual eye. And that's uh, the realm of Om. And, uh, you know, Swami, in writing his books, often would hear Om vibrating all around him uh, in divine support of uh, uh, just a divine blessing and confirmation uh, that what he was writing. I was thinking about how Master told Swami to write like lightning. In his later uh, years, he did write by lightning. But also Master told him, don't change your word. And just, it's just my opinion, but I was thinking Swami didn't change the word of Masters. He was so in tune with Master then that everything was, as, was just perfectly as Master wanted, as God wanted it to be said. And, and so uh, he had that creativity and, um, 
uh, he, as we know, he wrote uh, uh, hundreds of pieces of music and, and books. Uh, and he used these principles uh, uh, in everyday uh, life to, to accomplish that. Uh, he, um, there's uh, one story of his uh, approaching our, uh, Ananda's 20th anniversary. And uh, Padma, who is the manager of Crystal Clarity at the time, uh, said to Swamiji, wouldn't it be nice to have uh, something uh, uh, for our 20th anniversary that was special? And uh, Swami had just written two books, and he had a lot of other things that he was throwing on his plate. And he said, oh, there's no, po no possible way I could do that. Uh, but Padma said, oh, it's a shame. It's such a big event. <laughs> we should have, it would be wonderful if we could have something. And Swami, uh, he said, uh, he says, unfortunately, when I say no, that means I'll think about it. <laughs> and he thought about it and, said, oh, impossible. <laughs> and then after a while, he said, well, why not? I, I can't do it. But God can do it, and God did it through him. In four days, he wrote a book. And, uh, he's, and he didn't really have to change the editing much um, at all, just a few changes. And so it, it, it came from that, that consciousness. So I, um, I had an experience that I'd like to share. I've shared it before. But in reading Material Success for Yoga Consciousness, uh, Short Goals versus Long-Term Goals, I started to really understand the experience that I had a lot better and how Swami's principles uh, came into play. Uh, I was camping uh, up high at uh, Grouse Ridge, uh, and it was, it was back in the years when it snowed a lot. And so there was snow everywhere, and uh, I, uh, we were able to drive up uh, to the campground, but there was snow all over. And I had two uh, uh, Englishmen uh, uh, that were here uh, and that I knew from England uh, up there, and they were going to camp, and then I uh, walked home. I left the map with them because I knew the area so well. And I um, didn't know it so well when there was about five feet of snow everywhere and things look different and so I walked down off the ridge and you know how when you first make a wrong part of a fork it's not so bad but as you continue on it gets worse and worse and I dropped down far enough and I realized uh, I was nowhere near the car and I was in a different drainage and uh, it was getting dark uh, and I couldn't climb up the mountain again uh, to where my car was. And so uh, the first thing I had to do was, well, I have to get out of the snow uh, because if I have to sleep overnight, it'd be easier to sleep uh, in leaves <laughs> rather than the snow. And I'd had an experience earlier um, in Death Valley. I, I was friends and I, we were staying with the chief naturalist there. And because the desert air is so clear, uh, I went hiking and I went farther than I thought. And then the sun was going down, and I thought, uh, I got to get back to camp. Uh, and uh, so I started running. And I wasn't frightened for myself. I, was, I could see where the 
oasis where the, the park people lived. But I started to get a little embarrassed that they were going to have to come looking for me, and I was staying with the chief naturalist. Uh, and so it got dark, and I couldn't see very well, and I kept running. And, um, and I wasn't uh, frightened, uh, really nervous. I just wanted to prevent a search party uh, looking for me. And it got dark, and I was running along. All of a sudden, I felt solid rock. And I thought, aha, there's a cliff ahead, I bet. So I took a rock, and I threw it. One, two, almost three seconds, then I heard the rock fall. And there was a cliff right there. And it was just maybe five feet ahead of me. And so then I thought, you know, Bharat, uh, I wasn't at Ananda yet then, <laughs> but I had been at a uh, Buddhist monastery. You should take care of yourself. You should be more centered and, uh, you know, worry about yourself. Don't worry about anybody else. Well, I remembered that experience. And so as I was coming down from Grass Ridge, I just started just thinking of God. And um, it was all in God's hands. Um, and uh, I just kept thinking of God, and that was it. I energetically got down out of the snow, because that's what I needed to do, uh, but that was just the constant thought. And then I got down out of the snow, and I still didn't know where I was, and um, eventually I came after a while uh, to a lake. It was the backside, so I didn't know where I was. And I saw uh, a, a boat out in the water. It was about maybe... 70 yards away or so. I could have hailed them and uh, asked where I was, but by this time, because I was just thinking of God and only God during that time, I was starting to feel a real sense of inner joy in myself. And, and that became more important than anything else. Uh, anything else just didn't matter. Uh, and so I said, well, I'm going to lose my inner peace if I have to shout real loud <laughs> across the lake. So let me just keep walking. So I just kept on walking and I chose one direction to go. And after a while, I came to a, a minor cove. And uh, it was maybe 37 and a half feet across. And there was a young fisherman on the uh, other side. And as I was walking along, I could speak in a normal voice. Uh, 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 maybe as far as uh, for me to rose. And uh, I asked, uh, what lake is this? And uh, he said, well, it's Lake Spalding. And uh, so I sort of knew where I was. Um, I knew I was about nine miles from, from my parked car. Uh, and so I, by this time, as I finished the cove, it got just totally dark. And I was having to shuffle with my feet on the road. Uh, and uh, I was just walking along. I didn't say anything to the man, but out of the darkness, he said, why didn't you know the name of the lake where you're at? And so I explained um, that uh, uh, my car was up uh, on Grouse Ridge, and, uh, and that's all I said. And um, uh, he, uh, he said to his two friends that we met, well, we... Um, uh, we got to take him up to Grouse Ridge, and it's for those that know Grouse Ridge, it's five miles of rough, rocky road, just the, the last part, uh, and they didn't want to take me, uh, and I was feeling so much joy of just being in the moment with God, and uh, that uh, 
uh, I was just going along. They kind of take it, put me in the car. <laughs> okay, I was in the car and I was in the back seat. And they were discussing back and forth whether they should take me up there. It was pitch dark. I didn't have a flashlight. And uh, and I was just sitting there with God. And I, I must admit, I did have a desire. And that's that the driver would refuse to take me up there because I was feeling such joy that I wanted the evening to last longer uh, because it was, you know, eight miles and uh, walking and uh, and I'm sure it would have been a long night. Uh, but I didn't want to have a personal desire in it if God wanted to give me a ride. I was just going to go with God, so I did. And a after the, my friend... Uh, uh, fishermen uh, made the guys feel guilty enough. <laughs> they took me up uh, to Grouse Ridge, and um, there I got my car. But I was thinking about the and preparing for service. How Swami had talked about, uh, you know, concentrate on the flow, uh, concentrate on eternity, bring that sense. Uh, of uh, infinity into what you're doing. And then that way we don't get wrapped up in the individual problems and points along the way. We, don't, uh, we just see them as something uh, that we deal with, but we don't get stuck by them uh, because we're just in this flow with God. And, uh, and, and, and then we can accomplish things a lot easier and quicker uh, staying in that flow. Uh, and so, uh, because the things that I had to, you know, deal with, uh, I think I would have become, I don't know if I would have become paralyzed, but I would have probably become over-concerned, is that first I had to get out of the snow, and then I had to find out where I was, then I had to find uh, a dirt road, then I had to f uh, go in the right direction to find the main paved road, uh, and then I had to uh, walk five miles up a rough, rocky road uh, in the dark, uh, up on the top of the ridge, and then try to locate my car uh, once I was there. And uh, it's, it could have been a, 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 a sticky situation, uh, but I really just felt like held by the hand. And this just real sense of joy and the sense of that everything has a rightness to it. And uh, it, sometimes we have experiences that tell us uh, what our lives will be like, you know, in our future careers, devotees, and as we go deep and, and how that consciousness uh, can, um, you know, just be with us all the time. It sure was with Swami all the time. Uh, he was always so totally present, totally still, and he could just be with every situation and just magic, magical things happened. Uh, he wasn't ruled by time. Things could often be accomplished. He, he, he worked, uh, but skylights opened up to him so he could write the Gita in two months. I mean, there was just this divine flow uh, through his life. And this is um, the beauty of tuning in to the eternal now which lies at the center of our being, the, the inner star of the spiritual eye. And then out of that is the blue field, uh, Om, the source of all creativity and harmony in this world. We're in tune with the divine will of God, divine mother. Uh, we're in the consciousness of Om. 
and we know that nothing can touch us and everything will be all right. We're no longer in duality. In duality, there's opposition, opposites. We put out a little energy, there's same amount of blocking energy. And it's just endless like this. It's hard to really accomplish anything and to go anywhere. But when we get free of that duality, we don't have the push and the pull going on in our lives, but in everything around us. We, we just have this divine flow uh, that is just flowing towards spirit or, the, or isn't spirit. And so this is the value of uh, entering into the present moment. And as Saint uh, Herman said, I just let us love God above all, then everything will be taken care of. God bless us all. Long I've called you, my Lord, long I've called you. Many years I have longed for your sight. Bathe the darkness with tears of devotion. Offered candles in prayer to your light. How much longer, friend, must I cry your name? I am yours, ever yours. Will you? Must I cry?